Welcome, I'm Ryan Hicks, and this is Modern Business, the podcast to learn from franchise business leaders and explore new business technology. Our community is about sharing knowledge and tools that help us achieve our goals in business and beyond. Thanks for being here, and welcome to Modern Business. Hey, welcome back. This is Modern Business Podcast, the podcast for franchise entrepreneurs and franchise entrepreneurs. We bring you lessons from leaders in franchising and beyond uh, pretty much every week. We've been doing multiple episodes per week as of recent, as Zach Fishman's been very busy on the interview dials. Um, we also love to talk about the tools and technologies that can help you grow, but we're focused on growth as uh, folks in franchising and beyond, um, both in business and outside of business. And we're going to get into some of those topics here on the call. I've got my, uh, if you could probably hear my sirens in the background as I, as I have sirens passing by, we, that, I guess that could be our fight song for the day. But a um, couple of quick housekeeping items before I bring in today's guest. Um, number one, we have, as we've been announcing, we've created a text message community. It's a two-way interactive way for you to give feedback on the show. Um, maybe for this week's guest, you want to purchase the book. So you want us to drop you a link. If you didn't write it down, there's a lot of stuff you could even suggest uh, guests. But go to voxy.com forward slash modern business, V-O-X-I-E dot com forward slash M-O-D-R-N business. And you can just... Uh, Enter your number there, and it'll it'll allow you to to register, and that goes directly to Zach and I. Um, another quick announcement, because I've been with uh, with Brad and Lane and the folks over at FranchiseDoors.com. I've been hosting the Springboard at Home events. Springboard is going virtual. Um, registration will be opening up soon, um, but it's important to note that this isn't going to be like uh, y- you know a lot of the conferences, virtual conferences out there, where uh, you have uh, a panel and there's some talking heads on it. It's going to be interactive. There'll be uh, a place within this virtual conference that you can bring your problems and be mentored by people like our guests today. Um, so this will this will be a really cool experience. That's September 21st through 23rd. Make sure you register for that. Um, but mentioning our guests today is probably a perfect segue to introduce him. Um, so he, by way of formal introduction, he was the CEO of, of Avanta Clean franchising for 25 years. He grew the company. And I think uh, in, in, at the end of 2018, first of 2019, sold the business. Um, he's currently CEO of Duden Partners. He's a member of YPO, um, which I have a lot of respect for YPO. And, and that's a really great organization. Um, he's on the board of several other great organizations. He's a member of the Forbes Business Development Council. And as, as if he didn't have enough going on, he also just authored a book called Discernment, and that the tagline is the business athlete's regimen for a great life through better decisions. So long-winded introduction, but Jeff, welcome to Modern Business Podcast, man. Thank you for joining. Thank you, Ryan. Excited to be here today on a Friday afternoon, right? A Friday afternoon. As we're recording this, just for some context, we're on August 7th, 2020. We're in the summer of covid as there's, there has been a lot going on, it's been a trying time. We have people that listen to this out in the future as well as immediately, but just set in that context. But Jeff, tell us a little bit about your career journey. And I always find it fascinating people's kind of come the franchising story. How did you find franchising and get, get sucked in? And tell us about your journey thus far. 
Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, interesting. So I grew up in Chicago and uh, primarily a basketball player by trade, but I, I came to football late in my high school career and I wasn't very good at it, but I wanted to pursue it. So I bounced around to a couple of colleges and finally ended up uh, after a stint at a JUCO getting a football scholarship out to Appalachian State University from Chicago and Boone, North Carolina. And there I started a painting business because quite frankly, I needed the money. So it was mm -hmm. like college painters and we won the contracts for student housing. And we nice. would have all the athletes that were there over the summer taking classes, painting, you know, five bucks an hour cash, all the pizza and soda that you could drink. And I mean, we built a great business. So when I graduated, a friend called me and said, hey, this hurricane just hit South Florida. Why don't you come down? We need some people to help the people of South Florida recover. And my partner and I drove down there. I told my girlfriend at the time, I said, I'll be back in three weeks. And three years later, I came back and I had cut my teeth in the insurance restoration business. I had partnered with three gentlemen and started the company that would become Advanta Clean. And in 1995, I moved back to Charlotte to get married, have a family and start our second location. From there, we grew into a national and international restoration company. We responded to every disaster that made landfall in the U.S. for 25 years. We worked in the Caribbean. We worked in Canada and Hawaii and Puerto Rico and became a government contractor and an institutional contractor in the environmental services and restoration space. And when I bought my last partner out in 2004, and I, I think the reason that happened was is because I had always had the vision of building a national brand. And I was, I had hired our first franchise attorneys in the late nineties, but just, we just weren't getting it done. So I, mm -hmm. I bought my last partner out and hired some consultants and really started heavy on the franchise path. But what the, the, this, and this is part of discernment. The defining moment for me was when I, I responded to Katrina and I was out of town for three months and mm -hmm. I was miss my, my first child was seven years old and I was missing his first football season. And I said, well, I see the life of this international restoration guy. And, and it's quite frankly, it's against my my values. You know, your values are what you must have and what you won't tolerate. And for me, being absentee and not being home was just not the life that I envisioned. So on that ride home, I committed. I said, I'm going to sell all of my locations under a franchise model. We're going to learn how to be a great franchisor. And that's what we did in 2006, 7, and 8. And then in 2009, we launched to the public with the Advanta Clean franchise offering. And nine years later, with 230 locations in 37 states, we sold the, sold the business to home franchise concepts. That's, that's fascinating. Um, whenever you came, and, and kudos on that, that's, that's, uh, I know that takes a lot of work, um, but it also, for you to recognize kind of the, the integration of your values in your personal life, I think that's, as you mentioned, a lot of what your book's about, I commend that. But whenever you first got into franchising, what were some of the most important things that you did? Because a lot of people in our audience are seasoned, but a lot of people are also emerging brands. But what was what do you think was most critical for your success? Um, was it getting plugged in with the conferences? Did you meet certain people? How, how would you advise folks to navigate those waters to do what you did? Well, Ryan, half a life is showing up. And I just started showing up at industry events. We were fortunate because 
we had a long history and an authentic history of being a very good contractor in our space. So we were franchising something that we knew intimately well, mm-hmm. and we had great people and we had resources. So we were very fortunate, but we knew nothing about franchising. And on one hand, because we did it a, a bit in a vacuum and a bubble, we did innovate around telephony and the call center and the way that the calls were handled, where I think if we would have gotten advice at the time, uh-huh. most franchise consultants or attorneys would have told us that we shouldn't do it, but we mm-hmm. did it anyway, and it ended up being a competitive advantage. But the problem was is that it took us way too long to really get our franchise program off the ground because we didn't reach out and we didn't get active enough in the franchise community or find somebody who could inform us, uh, you know, and just, just, we took too many hard lumps that we didn't have to without getting some help. So, so when I started showing up at the events, it was, it was immediate. I started learning so quickly and that, that encouraged me to show up at more events, to participate. I think if you're going to show up for anything, you should, you should do three things, right? Sponsor an event, uh, join a committee and show up every time. So really, I just made the commitment to show up. And what I found was this franchise family out there that uh, John Rachi was one of the first people I met at one of the first shows that I went to. Awesome and, guy. Oh, and, and it's what he did. And we had both, John was from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. We were both football players. We we're both about the same age. And I just met him and we were going in to do our little pitch at this, at this consultant event and he, he had, we both had eight minutes and he owned ducks and I owned Advanaclean. So we were competitors. He mm-hmm. took probably six of his eight minutes introducing me to the consultants and saying, <laughs> and saying, you know, I met this guy out here and I believe he's honest and I believe he has a good business. And I really think you guys should take a look at this Advanaclean. He was a competitor <laughs> and I'm like, who is this great guy? And, um, and if and if you know John and so many of us do, you, you understand that he he is about mentoring and he is about helping other people and giving a hand up. And maybe in a way, that's part of my inspiration for that aspect of my career is that I've always taken the time to take phone calls or to be on panels or to sit with people and, and share a meal and just share whatever it is I know because there were so many people like John and David McKinnon and Shelly Sun and, and all of these people that have done it for me. That's excellent. I'm actually, I can see on my bookshelf over there, I've got two of his books. Um, I, I read one, I gifted several. We're going to do the same, by the way, with your book. So as the folks are listening, I'm going to buy a block of books and we're going to give it away. So join that text community. If you want one, give us a shout and we'll ship one to you. But that's fascinating. And so well, Catch let me, me ask, how many are you going to buy? Because you, how many are you going to buy? Because that's probably going to outsell my last book. Just your, just your order. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy. What do you want me to buy? I'll buy. You'll, you'll have to. You'll have to buy thirteen. If you buy thirteen, 13. then then it's a new record for me. Yeah, you had mom, and you had mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the, the friends and family. No, I I uh, actually really like the cover art of the book too. Um, it it kind of like your approach and and how how you do things and and. And I've heard you speak on panels. It, uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Ray Dalio. And the front of the book is kind of like the same color. And if, for the folks that don't know Ray Dalio, that's a very good guy to be compared to. <laughs> but but uh, um, 
catch us up to speed today. What what you're up to? Are you working? Uh, so, Duden Partners, tell us about what Duden Partners is. Sure. So, when I exited Advanaclean, I I knew that I wanted to take everything that I had learned in building that business and share it with others. So when I was painting in, in, in Boone in college, my brother came out and he was going to the same community college that I was going to. And he was washing cars at Schomburg Toyota. And I said, come out, get your driver's license. And, and he did. And then he went home for a year, finished up his associate's degree. And then he came out to app and he uh, took over the painting business with me and he put himself through school. Uh, he got an accounting degree and from there he entered public accounting. And then when Arthur Anderson had their little indiscretion, they mm-hmm. blow up, uh, he was recruited by the Car- one of his clients, which was the, the Carolina Panthers. He stayed there 16 years and he ended up his, uh, his career as the CFO of the Carolina Panthers. And he led the sale from the Richardson family to the Tepper family which was about the same time that I was exiting Advanaclean. So we decided to get back together and to go back into business together with his uh, accounting and finance experience and my franchise experience. So that's what we've done. And today uh, we, we look to, we take an investor's posture. So we look to invest in brands or make investments where we can have influence and maybe operate for a time or put, and then stand the brand up, which is what we've done with a brand called Rockbox which mm-hmm. was an incredible brand with two incredible founders, but they were working out of a coffee shop with a couple yep. of locations open. And today we're, we just, we had five open this month We're 25 open 60, 60 underway. And, uh, 12 months later, actually nine months later, since we've made our investment, um, we're, you know, full staff and, and just a great brand. So, so that's kind of what we do there. So we're operating, uh, we just signed a lease today on our fourth Rockbox studio that we're operating as a family. We're nice. helping the franchisor grow. And we're also have an offering for emerging brands. So if you have an emerging brand, and, and we approach this the same way that we approach uh, standing up like a youth football team. If you know anything about my background, I, I coached over 30 seasons of youth sports. So we we find a brand or a brand finds us and that that wants assistance in starting their franchise program. And we will give them all of the tools that we've built over the many, many years of franchising and that we used in Advanta Clean and that we've used in in Rockbox and Mobot, just basic tools. And we will not only provide those tools uh, to these emerging brands, but we'll also teach them how to use them. And so, so you will, will work with brands to basically uh, accelerate their uh, time up the curve and being a great values driven cultures based professional responsible franchise company. That's awesome. Um, there, I know there's a lot of folks that uh, could use some steady handed help and leadership. I was just uh, recently here in Dallas. We had a, we had a meetup. And there's a group that comes to mind that I probably need to connect you with, but uh, that's great work. You know, as we're recording this, we're sitting in a pandemic. It's crazy times. Um, you, I know that you formally and informally, you coach people, not only the folks that are your clients or partners that you're working with, but you, outside of that, I'm sure you coach people. But what is your kind of general leadership advice as we're in this kind of unpredictable time? 
Um, but what's some general leadership advice to emerging franchise organizations or really anyone that has franchisees that are struggling? What say you on that topic? Specifically, be available. Be available, be visible, be aware of what people are going through. Be proactive in solving problems that you know that your franchisees are facing or that you suspect they may face. We don't know when or if the other shoe of COVID is going to drop, but Mm -hmm. from your vantage point as a leader in a franchise organization, you should be uh, reaching out to other leaders. You you should be out in front right now. Uh, When things are going extremely well, Sometimes it's you're, you're able to take your view and you're able to put it farther out on the horizon. But when things are tough, you need to bring that view with six inches from your face. And you need mm-hmm. to make sure that, that, every, that all the blocking and tackling is getting done and that you're in tight communication with your franchisees. And make sure that together as a group you do everything possible. So sharing information. We did it with Rockbox. We, we got in a, a weekly or almost daily cadence Mm-hmm. And we set up a special threaded forum for owners dealing with how are we dealing with members? How are we dealing with leases? How are we doing with the PPP loan? How are we dealing with safety in the facilities? How are we doing with employees? So all of those things, uh, we, we developed the cadence. And quite frankly, I didn't have all the answers, but we did as a group. So over-communicate, great availability, be very visible. People are going to be looking to you to lead and looking to you for some certainty inside of this. And the answer, there might be a bad answer, but you know, if the answer is not a good answer, then you're, it's still your responsibility to provide it. Excellent advice. Be, act, be proactive, be available. Um, very well said. If, if Jeff, if you're going to look at your crystal ball, what do you think the next couple of years for franchising will shape up to look like? I, I know that nobody knows if a vaccine's even going to effectively be available. Um, some are saying by the end of the year, and then even after that happens, will the world, quote unquote, get back to normal? But just as a general rule, I think we've seen that franchising does well uh, coming out of, uh, you know, in a, in a recession or coming out of it for, because of some obvious economic forces. But what is your what is your outlook for the future of franchising? I think we have 15, on average, 15,000 licenses are awarded a year. Do you see a boom coming in franchising or what is your outlook? I do. And it depends somewhat upon the industry. But if we want to talk in broad strokes, our talk track is that leases are more available now money is still cheap great people are now available and unemployment being higher coupled with the access to capital for many concepts this there's white space right now and in in our in our fitness industry a lot of people have hesitated uh, there are national brands that have closed across the board Mm-hmm. and just shut everything down. We were more surgical with our approach. We reached out to our members. We pivoted and we provided online, in-home coaching, nutrition coaching, accountability. So, you know, it's, you know, it, it unfortunately, 
a, a huge percentage of small businesses is going to is going to go out is going to be affected by covid and many are going to go out of business by and large the franchise community is more resilient mm-hmm. and because they're working together and because of the leverage created by shared services and because of the support that's provided by and large the franchise community has survived uh, much better than independent businesses. So what does that create? It creates a lot of people out on the streets, a lot of people looking for something to do to solve not only their long-term problems of a college education for their kids or retirement or a passion play, but near-term environments of income, people that are willing to go out and work hard to keep uh, maintain their standard of living and put food on the table. And uh, they have, uh, you know, access to capital at, at low rates, and they still and the four hundred one ks are still uh, healthy. So, so that's yep. an environment for franchising, and the white space that's created by what is it? Some of the numbers: three point one million small businesses going out of business. I know one of the things that one of the things that I've chosen uh, to to a position I've chosen to accept is. Uh, I've accepted a position with Henry Childs and Ben Carson Jr. on the Minority Wealth Commission in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. And basically, uh, you know, what we are looking to do is to create generational wealth within minority uh, communities. And they have a heavy focus in franchising. So they've asked me if I would participate and be an advisor and to help them understand how they can make investments in their uh, place their money into minority businesses that can create generational wealth. And the minority community has been particularly hard hit in terms of business closures. Mm-hmm. And uh, so franchising is a great opportunity in, in those areas to, uh, to shore up the economy and to put people, uh, give people opportunities to, you know, do something uh, for, take their destiny in their hands. So, you know, I'm very optimistic about it at, uh, in our brands, uh, without exception, whether it be at the home office or in Duden Partners, we've hired. We have hired uh, in our franchise development efforts. We have re- increased our ad spend. In some cases, we've doubled it. Uh, we're generating a lot of leads. We're talking to a lot of people. And while there might be some hesitation, you know, we're, we're we, you know, we, we think that we are going to rush into this space, and we're going to. So we're, you know, we didn't we didn't hesitate. We were we 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 took stock of what was happening, but we chose to take an offensive posture inside of it. Uh, we played defense for thirty or forty-five days, and then we just looked at it because if you think about it, launching Advanaclean in two thousand nine was on the heels of the the great financial crisis. Yep, and two thousand seven and eight uh, was tough, and we were timing is everything in life. And we were preparing our franchise program and we were ready to launch and we launched right there. And, and it was, it was the best time that we could have possibly launched the brand. So I'm looking at this as an opportunity to do the same and to really gain some ground in a meaningful way. I love how you said whenever you were talking and in that last little section there, I love how you said you took a surgical approach and uh, it, it's and then the way that you speak with the analogies, which I think we're, we'll get into here in the book. But one follow up question with with the committee for um, what you're doing on franchise education. I think it's really neat uh, that the is that a government is that a government thing in in Washington? Yes, it's uh, it is a commission, and it is 
really for the purpose of helping uh, funds that are targeted, uh, that are being raised, funds that have been raised, that are targeted uh-huh. for investment in these communities. Got so it. it's it's really a way that uh, with it, it is about rebuilding the middle class. It is about, uh, you know, we have this uh, wealth gap that's continuing to grow. And remember, crisis, like two things about crisis. First, crisis will accelerate trends. So if we have a widening wealth gap, this crisis is going to accelerate it and it's going to continue to assault the middle class. So part of our, our values at Duden Partners is employ, uh, entrepreneurial encouragement, number one. Number two is employee ascension. So how can, how can people be entrepreneurial within their jobs? How can they ascend themselves? How can they get better, incrementally better intentionally? Uh, we're passionate about children and family issues. Uh, my work over the years with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and just the coaching. I mean, we think that it starts at home and it starts early and you can really make a difference in this country and, and in the community by pouring into children because I think children are just as smart as we are. They just are less experienced. And then really the last thing is, well, how do all these things play into rebuilding the middle class in this country? And what are the things that we can do? So, so when we're playing, we're looking for those things. Those are the kind of people that we want to be around. Those are the opportunities that we're looking to invest in and we're looking to put our, our energy behind. And the second thing about crisis is you can never let a crisis go to waste. Right. You know, the, I like to say that the music is made between the notes. And when you know, great entrepreneurs, they talk about how many hours they work and working seven days a week and working day and night. And well, what are they doing when their business is closed? They're working on the business. So when when the business isn't open, that's when real progress is made. And for whatever reason, I always had a list of critical, important things that we needed to do so that when we would get slow in production or we wouldn't have jobs or our pipeline was a little slow, then we would refocus all of our people on doing some of these projects that really move the ball forward. And this, there's no difference inside of this crisis. Now is the opportunity for business owners to do some of those things that if they have their strategy right and they know what are the four or five things they need to do to be number one or number two in the market, in the country, or in the world, this is the time to be working on those things. If you believe in your plan, you, you believe that we will recover, which I do, then now is the time to be investing and making those meaningful improvements in your business. You know, you're the, we're, like maybe for you, your business, it's like the NASCAR, it's in the pits right now. So mm-hmm. get, get the wrench out, uh, put the supercharger in and do all the things that you need to do. And, and so when the tracks open, uh, you're going to be at the head of the pack. And that's, that's the posture that we choose to take always a sense of forwardness into business. And we're always looking for great, uh, valued people that, that are doing business, uh, for, you know, for the right reasons. And, you know, they want to do well and they want to build high performance, businesses uh, that also understand what their purpose is uh, in the in the world. I love it, man. You have me fired up. That's some good stuff. Um, so let's let's jump in and talk about the book. Uh, this is I'm excited to learn more about it. Um, you it's not out yet. I, I haven't had the opportunity to read it and I'm really looking forward to it. I already committed to buying a block of books from you and I'll do that as soon as I can. But why did, why did you write the book and uh, 
what is it about? I, I wrote the book for entrepreneurial encouragement. I wrote the book to share what I believe is important to do intentionally. If you want to be a business athlete, somebody that's successful in business. And I like the term business athlete because, because it's training. So we grow up, you were a baseball player. So yep. you're, you're doing your strength training, you're working your bands, you're long tossing, you're in the cage. What position I was a were catcher. you? I was a catcher. So I constantly did the catcher drills. I had a batting cage in my backyard. I literally eat, slept, and breathed right. the fundamentals. And it's like the same. I played the drums. So it's the rudiments. It's the fundamentals that you have to master. And it's That's training, right. like you said. Yeah. So we, we, so you're working on your pop time and all of this stuff. And I had a one nine six pop time, by the way. Well, I, I opened the door. I was, I, I want, I gave you the shot right there. So good. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. But sub two, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so now we, we go through this and we grow up as athletes, but then we get into the business world and we don't apply the same thinking to the fundamentals. We, we do what we're told or we do the job. So really I said, all right, what are the fundamentals of great decision-making and discernment at its core is a principled, effective experience informed process for powerful decision-making. And the quality of our decisions uh, determines the quality of our life. And our batting average over lifetime is going to determine our success. So, and, and there are no absolutes in business. You can make 100% great decisions and still go out of business or not get the deal. But, you know, what, how do we increase the probability that our decisions are going to be favorable in terms of the outcomes that they produce. So that's really what the book is about. And it's about, you know, how you go about informing your decisions. How can you inform your decisions with my stories or other people's stories that I share? What goes into it? Like how do values play into it? How do you know when you need to bring your values into a decision? Uh, what are, what are other things like your, you know, I talk about different types of equity, like reputation equity, and, you know, your, your, your reputation, your name will travel farther than you ever do. And so what are the things that you can be doing to build a reputation so that you are selling or you are engaging with people through stories of other people when you're not even there? Uh, what's, what's this concept of relationship equity? How do you build and how do you increase your relationship equity with a group of franchisees? And what are the things that you do? Because you're going to, something's going to go wrong invariably, and you're going to have to draw down on that equity. Yep. Uh, we've made, I've made tremendous mistakes that cost franchise owners time and energy and, and money and, you know, was able never to get sued uh, in, in, that, in those situations because we had enough, we had earned enough relationship equity. So, so how do those things play into your decision-making and what are the types of things you do intentionally? And that's really the kind of stuff that's in the book. We weaved into stories and, and try to be organized in such a way that people can uh, put it in buckets and internalize it and start to kind of work out on it. Love it. Can you share, what is a story that comes to mind? And I know it's a very broad 
question. But, you know, you mentioned you have several different stories in the book. Uh, share something with us. Does, does, does any particular story come to mind that you talked about in the book? Well, I've shared the one about uh, the decision to sell all of our company stores. And yeah. we had, I don't know, 50 employees at the time and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of contract employees and offices throughout the Southeast. And I didn't understand what went into the decision at the time, but as I was able to go back and unpack it, I realized that it was a it was a hundred percent value based decision based on my purpose in life and my vision of what I wanted what I thought a great life would be and that was uh so that was that was one of the stories that to me I always go to that's impactful. And, um, it really, without, without kind of burning the boats, I mean, that's a burn the boats to we are selling, by the way, many of you employees and all of these company stores, and we're only going to keep our commercial services, national accounts team, and the people that we think can help franchise this business. And, and we're going to figure it out. So, so that was a big decision. Another, uh, kind of cute story was, uh, Advanta Clean's colors were orange and blue. They were the Florida Gators colors. Mm -hmm. And so when I came home, uh, when, when we decided to start this business, I needed $5,000 and I didn't have it to start. We were all going to put $5,000 in for equal shares of the company. So I came back up to Boone, North Carolina. I had a, I had a four-cylinder Toyota pickup truck one bench seat, no back seat in it. I mean, it was a, it was a work truck and uh, I had paid it off. So I took it to the bank and I borrowed $5,000 against it. And I took the $5,000 and I gave the coupon book to my brother. And I said, this is your truck. When you pay it off, it's got $5,000 loan on it. And I took that $5,000 and I went back down and that's what I used to start the business. And when I got back, the, there was two older gentlemen and then my partner and I, and they were older, experienced. They had master's degrees in building construction from the University of Florida. And they said, we're, because of our experience, we think we should be 51% and you guys should be 49%. Mm. And, uh, you know, we, we couldn't get past it. And we're just like, that doesn't make any sense. It's like, well, they were concerned that we were young, we were flat, whatever it was, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and I said, I'll tell you what. You guys like Florida. If we can make the company colors, Florida Gator colors, <laughs> then that's worth the other 1% and we will all be equal. And that one negotiation, that one decision, if I had not done that, I can tell you with 100% certainty that Advanaclean would have never happened. And my life would have been drastically different. Because the way that it ended up working out with the partners, one left after a year and a half, another one some five years later, and then ultimately my final partner in 2004, we wouldn't have been able to overcome those situations uh, if we weren't equal. So, yeah. That's a neat story. I love how, so So what you're bringing is really a, a framework that helps folks through stories and, and through the principles in the book, kind of a framework to make informed decisions. But I, I, I love what I'm, what I'm hearing. It's, it's like the solution to a problem 
can also be outside of the box and, you know, coming up with a creative way. And I love how you talked about the concept of relationship equity and, and something that a lot of franchisors can do. And me now venturing into the franchisor side of the business, as we were speaking with before we hit record, you know, it's very important to go put in the time, the energy, the effort to build up that relationship capital. And when you have to get creative, you need to have a process that you're running your decisions through and, and consider the values, but you, you have to get creative sometimes. So I, I, I absolutely love that. Um, well, here and think about ahead. this. Yeah, think about this. So, so once, you, once you have this, you know, these, these bits of uh, these nuggets or, and these disparate bits of information, then what you need to do is you need to take those and you need to shape those into models of thought and scenarios for you. And as you go through life, you're going to accumulate these models of thought so that when you see a situation, you have a, a lens and you have a process by which to run it through. And I've come to believe that our lives are really just illusions that we've created based on the decisions that we've made and the actions that we've taken. I mean, if really truthfully, with, with the caveat that you might have a workout period, you could change your life tomorrow by making a different decision today. You could yes. be in Alaska tomorrow if you wanted to. You could be on a boat tomorrow. You could be in Moscow, if, assuming you had your passport up to date and we didn't have COVID and you spoke Russian. But you know, <laughs> you could you can really, I mean, you, your your lives, we and we create these illusions of our life, and we have this one group of franchise friends, and then we have another illusion of kids we coach baseball with and their families and parents, and then we have another illusion of our family. And all of these illusions are, you know, I think our job is to expand our illusions by including other people in it. And when it comes to business, you know, our job is to really create create dreams that are big enough for other people's dreams to fit inside of it and to mm. show them the way. And that's what franchising really is. It's about showing them the way to, to, to fulfill their dreams and fit that inside of a dream that you've had, a, an illusion that you created of a construct of, of what you've done. And, and uh, so, and then inside of that, you look at all the different, you know, the, the scenarios that are going to come out. So when you're faced with a decision, you really have to stop and, you know, let your experience and your wisdom inform what are the likely outcomes that could happen based on how you react to the situation that you're facing? So you run scenarios, right? Well, if I do this, that, and the other thing, then this is likely to happen. And, and as you get older, and, and, and if, you, if you spent the time training and creating these intentionally accumulating these toolkit, then you have more tools with which to create the scenarios and the scenarios become more accurate over time. And because of that, your decision probability increases. I love it. You said one one thing that I really resonated, many things that I really resonated with, but one thing that you mentioned, you said the quality, of, and I'm paraphrasing, the quality of your life is based on the quality of the decisions that you make. There's a guy that's down in uh, Houston, Texas. He travels the world. He's an author. He's a speaker. Um, I've had the opportunity to meet him several times. His name is Dr. John Demartini. And he, he regularly talks about that and he talks, he has this whole process and it changed my life. One of the decisions that changed my life early on, whenever I was in college, I built a business, we expanded it to seven college campuses. And one of my mentors sat me down and actually introduced me to this guy, Dr. John Demartini. 
And uh, he said, hey, I want you to go through this, this exercise. And it was a list of 13 questions. And it basically, it basically had, it, it was designed to, to uncover my core values, what it is that I value most in life. And that exercise, it's wild because values over time can, maybe they can change, especially because I was very young at that time. And I've, I'm, I've, I'm now still pretty young. I'm 32. But that process of, of uncovering my core values has been instrumental in everything that I've done. It also helped me develop my personal mission statement, my vision statement. It's like in the same way that an organization or a country has mission, vision, values. I set that up for me. And that was one of the most important things that I've ever done. But uh, I, I just, I, I can't wait to read the book. I'm, I'm super excited and can't wait. To, I'm learning from you now and I can't wait to learn more. But if you were to say, what is the one thing that, you know, you, you, you mentioned who the book is for. And so with that in mind, as you're imagining all the folks that are going to be able to learn from from the wisdom that you've distilled, what's the one thing you want them to walk away with? Uh, what would what would be that that one thing that you'd love to impart? I would like them to know that if they apply themselves, that they can create any life that they choose to create, and that everything is within their control, and who they are and who they want to be, the difference is just a process. And it's a process of commitment and application and thought and learning and reading and conversating with great people. And like you shared, you, you got around this great person and they shared something with you and it changed your life. So, you know, if, if, if you don't have those people in your room or around your table, then you need to find a bigger room or you need to find a different room. And it's very addictive when you're open and, and, but how do you become open? So I believe that envy is the enemy of enlightenment because Mm -hmm. you said you're 32, right? So you look at somebody else who's killing it like you are and you say, wow, how old are they? Right. What are they doing? What was their path? Immediately we're about uh, comparisons. Comparisons are killers to us. And, and if you're envious, I mean, I coached a guy, uh, I met a guy, I rented him a building. He was doing a boot camp in a parking lot and, and all of, and, and he, I said, Hey, this is a great concept, man. This is really sexy. If you get this, I'll rent you the space. You have no credit, you have no money, but I, I like your vibe and I don't have anybody else. So I'm going to rent you the space. And, you know, the guys got over 500 sold today and almost 300 studios open. And, you know, I could be envious of that. Uh, and, uh, and I'm just, all I am is proud. I'm just proud of him. And we're incredible friends and I learn from him and he learns from me. Uh, but man, you've got to, you've got to let that go. So I, I think that, I think that there's things that we do that are so self-sabotaging. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the next book. Actually, I'm playing around self-sabotage and, you know, why we do that, why we defeat ourselves in so many ways. So true. Uh, but, you know, if you can just, you know, so part of knowing what not to do is, is filling your, filling your eyes with things that you need to do. And, you know, I, I like uh, when I was coaching football, it was, it was uh, don't have dirty eyes. And, you know, so what, like, what, what does that mean? Well, if you're in, if you're in the secondary 
and you're in playing a certain coverage and you get your eyes in the backfield, your, your, your body's going to go where your eyes go. Your feet are going to go where your eyes go. So if you have your eyes in the right place, it's like your body magically floats into the right place. If you're looking at the right things. So what does that mean to us today? If we want to be, if, if we want to be certain and we want to be moving forward and we want to be a great entrepreneur, well, how do you control your inputs? What are you looking at? I mean, is it three and a half hours of TikTok or is it, you know, the Ray Dalio podcast? I mean, you, you can choose. So keep your eyes clean, control your inputs, make sure that you're around the right people. That's the first thing you can do is clean up what's going into your eyes and ears and yes. uh, track your outputs. Like, what are you getting done? Like, how do you measure what you're accomplishing during the course of a day? And, uh, and then, you know, Give yourself a break and enjoy it. And, and, and the more, uh, the better vibe that you have, the more people are going to be around you and the more people. And then if you if you don't have an envy posture, the more people are going to pour into you. Man, I really like the way that you communicate. I think that your, your book really needs to be read by so many people. I think the work that you're doing. Well, on- I, wish all, I wish all that was in it. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm sure there's there's amazing stuff. I can't wait to read it. You know, I think I, I think I might have found my next my next business coach. So we're gonna formally <laughs> informally say that on, on the podcast. And and you mentioned so it's it's funny how it works. So me and the people that I've coached, you know, we're we're all in different levels and you know, you I, I have so much to learn from you, but it's just a fascinating thing when you when you when, when you put the effort as the coach, you get out from that investment almost as much as you give and sometimes more. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. But one of the other things that you mentioned on, on the note of self-sabotage, you said that maybe that's going to be a topic on the next book. Whenever I, I was uh, starting my, my first business back in college, it was called Campus VIP. And we took it to seven college campuses. I had the the fortune. One of my investors uh, was very good friends with with a gentleman that was actually a, a Pakistani billionaire. And I remember him sitting me down, and he was asking about our go to market strategy, and and we were talking about different channel partnership opportunities. And he was giving me his advice, but his I remember the one thing that he said that stuck to me. He said, "You have to." He said, "Brian, you have to have people around you that watch your blind side and watch your dark side." And I think what he meant, he, he did, we talked and he didn't elaborate, but the main thing that I got out of that is, is that you have so many inputs and, and so many things that you do that actually sabotage yourself, but of tightening the circle of the people that you're around, that you're spending time with, that you're being coached by to proactively help you watch that blind side and that dark side. So it was just something that you said kind of, jog that memory, but I, I can't, I'm excited to read the book, man. Um, any, anything else that, um, how do people get the book and when is it going to be released? The current date is August 21st. I believe we're on track for that. It'll be available on Amazon. I'm launching my podcast site, uh, the Jeff Duden show on jeffduden.com. So I have a handful of episodes in the can right now. So you'll be able to uh, read content, read some of our articles, uh, order the book through jeffduden.com, uh, listen to our podcasts and, and get in touch with us, uh, get in touch with us that way. Uh, really LinkedIn is 
where most people reach out to me. So just put my name in on LinkedIn there, but we're also on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as well. Beautiful. We will link to those in the show notes. So for the folks listening, you can grab that. And then after the book is released, we're going to do some giveaways for you. Um, and then maybe have you back on uh, after I can read it. And then we can jump back on for a celebratory episode. I think this summer I was, uh, I missed whenever Zach and the folks went to meet with you because we had an issue with our bus. So I didn't get to meet you in person, but we'll have you back for a third time. I think there's oh. only one other person that we've had on three times, but we met with you, right? Zach and them had you we on. We sure did. We sure did. We sure did. I'm sorry I missed you. Uh, but I really appreciate the opportunity to be on and, and really impressed and uh, proud of what you're doing. So congratulations on all your success with the show and the businesses. So uh, look forward to uh, continuing to engage and learning uh, from you. Ah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for your time. Is there anything I didn't ask that you wish I did? I think it's all good, man. We're, this is a great way to start a weekend. So I'm excited. I'm pumped up and uh I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, whatever comes next. Well, have a great weekend. Thank you, Jeff. And we'll talk soon. Cheers. All right, Ryan.